I'm as, I'm here for as as much because I needed a drink as I, <laughs> I, I figured. I figured it was like you know I have nicotine and alcohol at Nathan's. <laughs> it's true. That's true. It's just like <laughs> it's the weekly decompression. You don't realize how bad you you miss your one or two drinks a week when you only have one or two drinks a week. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That may be just that bit of Shanky's mm-hmm. made that. Fucking smack so hard. It was so good. <laughs> it was like yeah, a you thimble get, amount. You still get that very like oaky like flavor, but the sweetness of the shankies, like that vanilla. Yeah, that's fucking good. <laughs> it came through pretty good. Yeah. It did. It's fucking good. It does it's it's a little little hot. Not too bad. It's that Woodford. Yeah, it's definitely the Woodford. Shankies isn't hot at all. Yeah. Shankies you could drink like a Coke. But <laughs> You know, for all the alcoholics out there, Shankies is the way to go. This is the show before the show. Uh, it's an old fashioned again. No surprise. We should just. <laughs> hey, it's. We a... should give up almost Listen. Uh, other things. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a special old fashioned with a little bit of Shankies. It is. It is. It's um, the only difference. Episode before the episode stuff, though. Um, I absolutely think we should try this. Um, I can pick up the liquor if you can pick up the groceries. But you get maple syrup, peaches, unsalted pecans. Mm-hmm. That goes in a large mason jar with a fifth of whiskey in it. Make your own peach pecan, like basically peach cobbler flavored whiskey. And an optional thing you could put in it was a stick of cinnamon hmm. to infuse your own liquor. Sounds interesting. It could be we, good. We, we could give it a shot. I mean, we I don't need think a mason, it can be bad. We can we need a mason jar. I don't have any mason jar. I need jars. a big, like, quart size or half yeah. gallon size mason jar, like yeah. a big fucker. But it was like two peaches and like half a cup or a cup of. Are they like cut up or, or are they just whole? The peaches are cut up. Cut up. Just whole pecans. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't see a reason why you'd cut up the pecans. I mean, I guess to keep the shit out, they just strained it, but to keep the shit out of it, we could just wrap everything in cheesecloth too. But yeah. It's easy enough to strain it, though. Yeah. You got a wire strainer, don't you? Do I have a wire? I don't know. It's just uh, there. It's finer than a the, a colander would still let shit through and be harder to. Pull yeah, I've got a colander, but I don't think I have a wire strainer. But that wouldn't be hard to get either. Nah, not a bit. We can always strain it through cheesecloth too. We don't have to be yeah. fancy. So, just oh, well. Baby's trying to make a guest appearance on the episode today. Yep. Welcome, special guest Cora. <laughs> First time. First well, time. Actually, no, she was on the last. She episode. was on the last. Episode. Yeah, I was listening to it over, and I heard her a couple times, just barely. I haven't actually finished listening to it all the way through, but that's because I was here. So I only listened to it for the audio purposes. I haven't listened to an episode in probably ten or fifteen episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Like I was on on top of it and almost listening to them a couple of times, like. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm less self-conscious about what I sound like now. I know I sound stupid now as opposed to just thinking I <laughs> might sound stupid. No, you don't sound stupid. <laughs> but it is what it is. I'm sure that there's uh, listeners in other part, parts of America that feel like they need a translator because of my heavy <laughs> southern accent. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite I, a bit heavier than yours is. My, I, I never really, when I, when I would talk to people, I'd be like, I don't really feel like I have an accent, but people would be like, you have an accent. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I guess it just... It doesn't... Like, Sandy's the same way. Sandy sounds very non-regional to me, but when mm. we go somewhere, they're like, where are y'all from? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> below the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> That's the only thing you need to know. Yeah. Sandy has people ask her, like, that are from here, like, are you from here? And she's like, mm. 
Yeah, chicken farmer from Fairview, Alabama. <laughs> I'm as from here as anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had that too. I had that too from some people I worked with. They'd be like, were, were you born here? I was like, yeah, yeah. here my whole life. And they're like, oh, you just don't sound like it. I'm like, well. <laughs> my little brother, I don't know if he got picked on when he was in the army about being Southern or what, mm. but he has very like non-regional, like, like there's no, he, ha he has no accent. He's very... He, it comes across as pompous to me, but he's very like articulate's a bad word because that's giving him too much credit. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. he he has hidden his accent pretty right. well. I learned to embrace it because everybody when I lived in the Northeast, everybody loved it. Mm. So like it made me feel less self conscious about it. Right. So yeah, just what it is. There's the episode before the episode. Yeah. Welcome to sip it and rip it. Welcome to sip it and rip We're it. sipping it. We we are sipping it. Uh, talking about ripping it. I ripped some of it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a pretty good day yesterday, I felt like, for a guy that hadn't deadlifted in six plus weeks. Yeah, you hit uh five forty five for a pretty an easy, easy single. Yeah. It looked looked light. It looked like it felt good. It did. Um more just uh working on technique stuff that Ron had changed a while back. Um I actually stepped away further from the bar and you know I'm built like Quasimodo, but uh did some different things with my upper back this time. Mm. Um, there's no rectification for that. There's not ever going to get better, but, uh, I just felt really tight in my upper back and I've been pulling, uh, cheat code maybe that I've been doing all of my rep work, double overhanded and beltless. Yeah. So I went, when I went, uh, mixed grip, it was like, right. It just didn't feel the same. Everything was hands. on easy mode. Yeah. yeah. I mean, most of the time I would, I would warm up. I went double overhanded for my working set. And then all my drops, and then working up to that heavy single, I went double overhanded to 405. And most of the time, even with as much as I deadlift, I would take my next warm up at 455 or 475. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck it, we're just going to go beltless, beltless and mixed at 495. And then threw my belt on for 545, and all of them were stupid easy after a ton of volume. Last time mm -hmm. I pulled 545 that easy, it was warm up and right to it. It wasn't after, right. you know, 30 reps. So yeah. I felt good about it. That's, that's, it was a good day. Squats are coming along too. More and more pain free. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's definitely a win because I know that's been a struggle ever since. Pretty much <laughs> since I, since that first meet we've ever been at, squats have kind of been. I mean, I've been a hill, uh, a thorn in my heel for uh, several years. Well, more more of your labrum than your heel, <laughs> my heel. Yeah, <laughs> um, but. Uh, I mean, quite literally the labrum. Yeah. Uh, my only issue now is I almost have, I think it's compensation, just my left side driving more because the mm -hmm. right side still, even though it's, I'm not experiencing pain in a squat, it's still a little bit weaker. Mm -hmm. I'm not really experiencing a helicopter, but what's basically happens is I'm driving a little harder through my left. So I'm not actively twisting up so much as the bars almost just sits a little cambered. I get that what makes you mean. Sense, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Just naturally sitting a little crooked. But I was talking to another, uh, Power lifter there is a really good guy. His name's Jarrett. He's the strength and conditioning coach at Hartzell mm. School Systems. Really, really knowledgeable dude. And he was just like, he's got the same injury. He's got a t tear in his right labrum. He was just like, man, here's the deal. At this point, we've both fucked up ourselves enough that technique-wise, even if it ain't pretty, the best we can ask for is strong and pain-free. And as long as it's strong and pain-free... That's good enough, Fuck right? It. Yeah, 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 yeah like. absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's, that's uh, can't see the forest for the trees kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's really, technically it is a good squat, but I'm like tearing it down probably past whatever any coach probably would do. Right. Today. So, yeah, it is what it is. 
Well, since we're getting straight into gym stuff, um, pretty good gym week for me. Nothing, nothing I can really say out of the ordinary, except that on Saturday, which was my day four, I did. We, me and Joe talked Thursday night, Thursday night or Friday night about my squats, and. For whatever reason, I like he posted something about vertical shins, mm-hmm. and I, I've told you this already. But some, he was he posted something about it, and I mess and I started I really started thinking about it. I was like at work, just just like fucking off, honestly. Um, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, is that why I'm not getting power from the bottom? Is because I'm not engaging my quads enough because I'm not letting my knee travel forward enough. Um. So I messaged him about it, and I sent him this long message, and he was just like, yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell you this whole time <laughs> yeah. without telling you that. And I was like, fuck, okay. Well, that's that's a good thing. <laughs> but but I went in, and I did my squats on Saturday. He only said I could work up to two plates, but I only did a couple like sets of five, and they were so much better. They felt so much faster, so much more explosive, and I was like, oh, shit, I've just been squatting wrong. I'll tell you, and this may be... Um... But in trying to figure out, and what I was trying to figure out when I said the bar was cambered a little bit, mm-hmm. almost, is the fact that I pointed this out to you that I had a f- bar path that was falling forward. So mm-hmm. even though my chest wasn't dipping, my back was at the correct angle, my squat was otherwise pretty good. Basically, the bar was falling past my foot yeah, and the bottom and, and coming up. Well, one major adjustment I made was the same way you've done is I've been trying to correct my hips forward and my, basically my the presence of my glutes through the mm-hmm. whole squat, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, I have kind of discovered that I was doing too much of that and not setting my hips back enough, and that was mm. part of that reason. But uh, <clears throat> I say all that to say this. I agree with you. It is more explosive because me and you have always been very... Uh, Posterior chain back. Dominant. Yeah, absolutely. Super vertical shin. I don't have enough... I do have a meniscus problem right now, but it doesn't cause me pain in my squats. I don't have enough of a excuse knee pain wise to be pushing my hips that far back yeah. to be honest with you. But I did I have found a happy medium, but I have I, I basically had found that that corrected itself when I was getting my hips super far forward mm-hmm. because it was it would have meant them traveling further to push them back where they normally go. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. So it kind of fixed itself trying to fix something else, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it is what it is. But I kinda had to meet myself in the middle a little mm-hmm. bit if that makes sense. So Oh, I, I did. I did do one other thing that just just because, and it was my bench press. And he gave me bench press, like actual competition bench press with a pause at three fifteen for four sets of two or four sets of three. I don't. I think it was three. And I kind of snored through it, and uh, it was really, really way too light. And I, I, and I, I still don't know if he's mad about it or not because he didn't. He didn't mention it at all when I messaged him. But I, I paused three fifteen for about ten seconds and then pressed it. And I said, I messaged him. I said, sorry, I fell asleep on the last rep. So I don't know. Maybe he'll give me some actual weight. I'm hoping if he's giving me doubles and triples, it's closer to three sixty five because I feel like I've hit three sixty five for eight. So I don't think. Doubles and triples is too much to ask for, even with the two or three count balls. But we'll yeah, I, I, you know, I would just assume he has a plan. You know, he does. I, he's got a plan. I just it was really easy mention. I guess you know because we've always had it, handled our own programming. This is the point in which you're probably not hitting one rep max PRs, but you're probably hitting volume PRs at this mm. point. If me or you had done your programming, yeah. And you know, mine's pretty 
both of us have a pretty conventional approach compared to Joe. Yeah. Like it's basically, you know, we have, you know, we program backwards to our meet day, but it's, it's basically linear. Maybe in my case with some undulation, if it's, Mm -hmm. if it's necessary, but mine's pretty much like just point A to point B programming, Mm -hmm. which there's nothing wrong with it, but he's kind of living in, Thirty twenty three. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you got to think he's got a plan because nothing he's done has been, nothing you've done yet has been conventional compared to what me and you would normally do. Not even close for ourselves or for a client. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> you, it's hard to learn to trust somebody new. It really yeah. is. And you know the guy's fucking great. So you no, know you like need I to have, tr- you know you need to trust. I have him, no doubt in my mind. Train yourself. It's it's like I know he has a plan, and I know. He's going to get me there. It's just like in my brain, I'm like, I should be doing something different. Like, and it's, it, it's one of those things I've had, like, if you weren't handling my program, I was handling my program. I've handled my program for a while now. And it's just like handing that off to somebody when I know myself as well as I do. It's like, man, why am I not doing this? And why am I not? It's just stuff yeah. like that. Like, and I, the one thing that I, I noticed the other day, I was like, man, you know, I'm really not doing a lot of hamstrings. Like, compared to what I would normally do, I'm not doing a lot of hamstrings. Don't feel like I'm weak in my hamstrings. I'm doing RDLs. Yeah. But, like, I feel like there could have been more. You know? It's it's just little little things in there. And I, it's it's just trusting I didn't, the process. I didn't do a lot of direct hamstring work with Ron. Yeah. You know, it was probably through the whole week, maybe four to six sets of curls through the mm-hmm. whole week. And then <clears throat> quite a bit more RDLs. Yeah. Um. Most of my hamstring work was an RDL, but mm-hmm. I did I did do a lot of direct glute work. And there's an interesting it's old, but there's a there's an inter, interesting uh, Steffi Cohen post from several years ago that would probably take some digging to find. But <clears throat> she was talking about um, your abductors or your glutes basically, and how much they act on your squat versus how much your hamstrings act. And it's much, much more beneficial. You draw a lot more strength from your glutes mm-hmm. in a squat than you do your hamstrings. Right. Your hamstrings are your brakes, but <clears throat> excuse me. As a power lifter, though, we get a pretty good bit of like monumental strength strength development in our hamstrings just from pulling from the floor. Yeah. So it might just be that he thinks that volume is spent better somewhere. Better else. somewhere else. Yeah. yeah that's probably that's probably what it boils down to, yeah. honestly. And if anyone knows programming for squats, it's going to be Joe. So, yeah, I, mean, I mean, 850 at 220. So, yeah. 850 at 220, going to try and break it again at the American Pro 2. I don't know what his goal is. I haven't quite Did asked I say him. 400, which is 881. I think you said four. I think, Did he? I think you said 400. Yep. I wouldn't surprise me. No, I mean, it wouldn't. I think he can do it, but that's. Yeah. I don't have any doubt in my mind that he can do it, but I think that's what he posted. I can't, can't remember, but. It'd be interesting to see what what he ends up totaling. I'm interested in the whole American Pro too, though. There's there's a lot of guys going competing that I want to watch. That might be in our topic tonight. It might be. It might be. <laughs> it might be. So you got PR songs? Um, yeah, I actually it just came up at random, but it's one of my favorite bands of all time. I don't think they've made the list before because they're not. While they're super super techy and super progressive uh, and pretty thrashy, uh, they're not just super heavy. But uh, it's a song called "Missed" by Protest the Hero. They might have made it. I don't know. I know. I I know Protest the Hero. I've listened yeah. to them before, but I don't. They might have made it. I don't. It's know. a lot of clean singing for you. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. But 
you know, if you like, it's, it's definitely a much, much newer sound, but it's got a little, little bit of punk in it. But uh, for the most part, it very much reminds you of like some techier thrash, maybe like some heavier Megadeth stuff or something okay. like that. Definitely draws some inspiration from that. Um, this one's a little bit more punk rock oriented, but still has a very progressive, like thrashy feel. So, but yeah, missed by Protest the Hero. That's a fucking good one. Uh, I will submit Viking by Slaughter to the Prevail, and I don't know if that's a new song or an old song, but it randomly popped up on my Spotify, and I was like, this is kind of dope because, I mean, you know, uh, Viking metal is just kind of interesting, and it's kind of like their take on Viking metal in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's got that low rumble, uh, horn blowing, and you know the whole like march kind of sound, kind of vibe. It's it's really cool. I liked it a lot. Um, definitely, definitely something to lift heavy too. Wolfhard is the king of Viking metal. I can't lie to you. They are really good at Viking. <laughs> They're really like, fucking good. Like, it's so much less cheesy than Amon Amarth. Amon Amarth, for me, is still up there because they're like the OG Viking metal band. That's fair. But, like, Wolfhard takes it, like, to a more serious level, I would say. We're going to get even weirder on mine right here, and it's one of the few not metal or rap songs that I will listen to PR-wise in the, for PR song in the gym. Um, but it's, uh, my name is mud by promise. Okay. That song rips. It's fucking cool. And it's talking about killing a man with a baseball bat. So (laughs) I can dig it. Yeah. I haven't listened to much promise personally, but I mean, I'm a bass player. So let's clay pull pretty fucking important to us. Yeah. That's fair. And I'm a huge South park fan. So (laughs) That promise does the theme song. So really, <laughs> yeah. Did you not know that? I did not. Hell, know they that. perform it live. Do they? Yeah, That's absolutely. Awesome. That's pretty dope. <laughs> it is cool. That's yep. pretty dope. Um, I actually didn't have a second one prepared, but just off the cuff, um, talking about like thrashy stuff. This is a band, unfortunately, that only ever put out one album. I think their vocalist just kind of dipped out on them after the first. Like they got a record deal, put out their first album, and then he just kind of dipped out because of life. I don't know the specifics, but um, uh, Zeppo by Sanctity. I don't know if you've ever heard of Sanctity. I don't think I have, no. Not a lot of people did. Like, they are very, they like, out. <laughs> yeah, they, one album, like I said, played a few shows, but it's very much like new age thrash metal. Cool. Um, and that was the first song that I heard by them. And it was like a, like an EP, like recorded in a garage, kind of, and I was like, man, this is kind of cool. I can dig it. And then they came out with a full album. I was like, oh, this is cool. And I, I went to Best Buy and bought it and listened to the whole thing. That's how old it is. That's how old it is. Yeah, 2007? We're something bu- like that. We're talking about buying CDs. <laughs> buying CDs. Unreal in this world. But but yeah, it was it was cool. I, I bought it and like pretty much every song on the album. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's very much a thrash metal album. Did you ever get into, um, me and your cousin were both into them really big, and they were also on uh, a record label that I worked for in college uh, called Relapse. Uh, Did you ever listen to Toxic Holocaust much? Talk about old school thrash coming back. Old school thrash with modern, like, deathy vocals. Mm. It's cool, but it's very, very much thrash. Toxic Holocaust is a good listen. You need to listen to them. I'll check them out. Yeah, definitely. That's it for PR songs, huh? That's it for PR songs. Uh, the drink's an old-fashioned again. There's nothing much to talk about. <laughs> old-fashioned old with a splash of... Uh, Shanky's. Shanky's what? Yeah. And some Woodford cherries. Yep, absolutely. On the Woodford cherries, for sure. So we're playing another fun game, which is uh, overrated, underrated. Yeah, we've part done it two. before. Yeah, yep. part two. But these short formats can be fun, really, so... Yeah. 
So, you want to start? Or you want me to start? I'll uh, I'll start. Um, right. And me and you have probably been on both sides of this where we experienced it both over and under. <laughs> but 19 Norris. 19 Norris. So, we're talking about Trend, DECA, MPP, shit like that. Man, that's that's kind of hard for me um, because... They're kind, strength-wise. They are. Uh, I definitely feel very strong on trend. Obviously, you lose a lot of that when you come off it, so it's not reliable. Um, in that instance, I would say trend is overrated because you will you will absolutely lose. I'd say at least eighty percent of what you get off of trend. Trend is absolutely a. Keep in mind, he's not talking about eighty percent off your total. He's talking about no eighty percent of the. If gains you gain twenty you pounds, you know you're probably going to lose. 15 to 18 pounds yeah. of what you, <laughs> what yeah, you like you're, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot yeah. coming off um but it's very much a drug that you would take for competition like you know eight to 12 weeks out you don't want to be on it for a super long time but in that instance i'd say it's correctly rated because if you're only using it for meat day it's good for meat day it's going to push you over the edge like that's yeah. it is what it is if you're going to be on it long term, it's very overrated and it's terrible for your health and you will probably die of a heart attack in a few years. But um, in that same vein, though, when it comes to MPP, I really liked MPP because it was very much what I needed to bulk. Like it made me super hungry. I felt really good on it, felt really strong. Didn't feel like I lost a lot of it when I came off of it. So as a group... I'd probably say correctly rated, but those are the only two instances that I really have. That's fair. Of, of I will say in terms of, uh, this is rare for me to say this too. Um, I, I'm an outlier with this, and I feel like you probably feel the same. Trend's incredibly kind to my mental health. Yeah, I, I feel really good and really like sane and even on it. Where I know a lot of people are probably go crazy, go nuts on it. Yeah, like every every time anybody comes on a fitness podcast or a, or a powerlifting podcast and they talk about trend, they're like, I "Hate trend, it makes me go crazy." I've never felt like it. It may be because crazy. we have underlying mental health issues on the front end. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's also for me, it's probably because um, and what I know now is my natural levels are so low. It's probably even when I'm on trend, I'm not really in a performance enhancing. Blood work wise, right. I'm not. I'm really. It's really not spiking me mm-hmm. up into the two thousands like it probably does other people. Right. You know what I mean? Um, it's probably about enough to make me normal for the most part. Um, that being said, uh, strength gains are not overrated on it. That's. I mean, your strength gains are fucking real. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say it's overrated in general though, uh, because with just testosterone, strength gains are much more reliable. They stick around when you come off, or you lessen your dose a lot more. And then for me personally, it just, and I'm heavier than Nathan, so this is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel these effects sooner. Uh, they weren't worth it health-wise. Yeah. And uh, MPP specifically is the only drug I've ever taken where I experienced, the only anabolic I've taken, I've had antidepressants and stuff like this do this to before. MPP is the only thing I've ever taken that had negative sexual side effects. Yeah. So in general, while trend's been really, really kind, it's not kind to my blood work. And then MPP, while it's, pretty kind strength wise it's not kind to my sex life so <laughs> right. um i'm on the over uh, overrated side of norse 19s i think that they're 19 norse i think that they're a little bit overrated to be honest if, with if you i had to lean one way or the other i'd probably say overrated um yeah. just <clears throat> just because the the negatives are too great um but 
Like if I wanted to be honest, I'd be somewhere in the middle. Like I said, just because I can't, I can't group it all together and say it's all bad because I'll say this. If I was, if I were in prep right now with healthy blood work, the likelihood of me getting back on trend E probably wouldn't mess with a, Mm -hmm. um, because I don't want to have to pin that often. Yeah. Um, the likelihood of me getting on trend A if I were like eight weeks, eight to ten weeks out, uh, trend E, that's uh, probably pretty good, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, even if it's a low dose, even if it's like a hundred a week. Yeah. Um, just a but little, I'm not prepping for push. anything right now. There's not really any need for me to be on it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, that's like, <clears throat> like I said, I wouldn't take it just casually. Like yeah. it's definitely something you should plan around, definitely. And also you should be like planning your your diet and your exercise around it too because you don't want to lose anything yeah you should be eating plenty of greens stuff that drop your cholesterol mm-hmm. um should be giving blood regularly and you should be doing enough cardio to keep your uh cholesterol in check yeah which dr lane just put up something pretty interesting the other day that it seems like negative cholesterol um numbers are seem to be more closely related to cardiovascular health than they are to diet yeah um, i think i remember um, seeing that I don't remember the details of it, and I'm not going to quote him because, you know, he hates misinformation, so I don't want to misquote mm-hmm. a man that hates misinformation. <laughs> yeah. But I would look I would look on Dr. Lane's page and see if you can't find where he was talking about that being. So it stands to reason that if you're doing enough cardio um, and you're eating the right diet, a, low, a lower cholesterol diet, lower fat diet, and then uh, staying on top of your cardio and stuff, um, and also a diet rich in fiber because we know it reduces your cholesterol, mm-hmm. um, that it's probably relatively safe yeah. i will say this too uh while me and nathan have a drink or two a week you definitely shouldn't be drinking while you're on a 19 north yeah not regularly anyway yeah so. definitely no i'll just occasionally like any, anything in moderation right like, at, at, truthfully but if you're you know if you're a couple of drinks and not drinker um that's probably not the drug for you or yeah. you need to kick the alcohol yeah. one performance was i'd say kick the alcohol yeah but. Most, I think most <clears throat> performance athletes would tell you to kick the alcohol mm-hmm. in general, whether you're, yeah. you're on the drugs even, or not. Even if it's uh, casual. Yeah. No. We good on that one? I think we're good on that one. So what's right. yours? So this is one that I have very mixed feelings about. It's also, and I hope it's not on your list because yours was, mine, we didn't talk about our list, but <laughs> we had one very similar just now. But leg press. Leg press. Leg press. Is it overrated? Is it underrated? Um, personally, for me right now, it's been a bread and butter like staple. But I have been specifically doing single leg press to help develop glute med and to catch up my right leg from the damage it took with mm-hmm. the IT band strain and and then the uh, the labrum tear. So uh, uh, I would say um, if you're using it to correct unilateral imbalances, I would say that it is uh, probably a little underrated, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, as a strength developer, it's overrated. Yeah. Um, so I think my answer in general is it's probably where it needs to be. Somewhere in the yeah, middle. somewhere in the middle. <clears throat> For me, I think that when, a, when someone loads up 10 plates, does a quarter rep, calls it a day, very overrated. overrated yeah when you're actually like doing full range of motion in a leg press and you're you're doing it with intent i get really good quad glute and hamstring pumps like my entire yeah. leg my, my whole chain gets a really good pump when i do and this is a this is a joe sullivan thing 30 seconds and then 10 reps you know 30 seconds constant work and then 10 reps yeah super set it i get really good pumps i feel like i've i've 
probably had at least some amount of gains for it because I'm putting more weight on there. Sure. Like I started with like two and four plates, like two two plates for 30 seconds and then four plates for 10. And I bet four and five. Yeah. So four plates for 30 seconds and then five plates for 10. Yeah. And this last week it was more recoverable than it has been. Still exhausted. So still big pumps. Yeah. So like there's definitely something being done there. He also has a very specific you know, close stance, low foot position. You know, there's very specific things that he very has to do. Very quad, quad and hip dominant yeah. versus a higher foot position being a little bit more posterior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But either way, um, probably with you somewhere in the middle, it really depends on the context. Yeah, absolutely. I think all these things are going to come down to context. Even mm-hmm. the trend did, you know. Yeah. Was, you know, even sitting here thinking about it, I was prepared to say that it was overrated and Largely, I think it is, but you know, we end up in somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, context matters a whole lot. Uh, I think. Um, yeah, I think I think it's, you're right. I think it's just somewhere in the middle. I think yeah. that's. I think it's really really good to uh, lessen. It's a good, not necessarily squat variation. I wouldn't necessarily call it a squat variation, but it's a really really good leg accessory that doesn't tax your, because it's not spinal spinally loaded. It doesn't tax your CNS as bad mm-hmm. as a as a back squat or something yeah. like that. So there's a tremendous amount of hypertrophic value in a leg mm-hmm. press. Um, if you are doing it correctly. If you're doing it correctly, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so staying in that vein, we're both both kind of in the accessory work vein a little bit. Um, and it's becoming more and more popular because gyms are having have them more and more regularly, uh, is a belt squat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, me and you do not actively get to use one often, uh, although I'm sure you've probably done the belt squat variation with me with a dip belt mm-hmm. and a cable before um, you can chain up, you can get, you know, plyometric boxes and chain up uh, kettlebells if you need to. There's a lot of ways to do one. Uh, you can do, you know, recently discovered you can do one with a squat rack and a band if you're, mm-hmm. you know, savvy enough to set it up <laughs> and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, belt squat, what do you think? Belt squats are interesting because they're they're still pretty new on the scene. They've been around for like what, like five years, maybe. I mean, they've if probably that. been together twenty. Been around twenty. Uh, I feel like they've only been really popular the past five or six okay. years. That's you know that's mean? about the time where I would well, I really would only know it just from my powerlifting career, which is about three years. Yeah. But um, just from my limited experience, um, I feel like I can't give a truthfully honest answer because I. I haven't had, I haven't been able to use one in a program long enough to be able to tell whether they're worth it or not. I will say if it was in my gym or in a gym in the vicinity, which it's apparently some, another gym is getting it. Uh, what's there? The garage. Yeah, garage got one. Yep. They, they already got it. Yeah. So, you know. I program for somebody there. Okay. Two people there. So that's the reason why now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if I were to drop in, I would definitely use it because I want to try it. Um, that being said, I'm going to lean, I'm going to lean towards overrated, but only in the sense that I feel like you could, you could get the same. And I can't say this from a personal experience because I haven't used one, but I feel like you could get the same type of gains from a hack squat or a leg press. You, you can you, definitely get the same kind of gains from a, leg, uh, a hack squat, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it's, it's very similar movements. Sure. Um, so I don't, not not knocking a belt squat in any way. I, I don't want to say it's a bad movement yeah. because it's, like like we were talking about, uh, it doesn't load your CNS. Good for your quads, glutes, hamstrings. Like, it, it mimics the squat very well without taxing your CNS. So you can probably 
get reasonable gains out of it, but it might be a little overrated in the sense that it's this big thing to have, but you can do other things that get the same results. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's not, I don't necessarily think it's a 100% necessary piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. I don't think whether or not you're doing belt squats is going to make you or break you as a power lifter. Or as a bodybuilder. Or as a bodybuilder. But I will say this, um, because you're in an up, you're not in a leg press, you're in an upright, correct squat position to you, you know what I mean? You mm -hmm. can st stand in your competition stance. Mm -hmm. um, you can squat with the handles or without the handles to mimic that even more. With the handles, you're going to sit back more. It's going to be more posterior driven. Um, if you're mimicking your competition squat and going without the handles, it's a little bit more quad dominant. Um, but because it repl uh, replicates the competition lift so well, I'm going to say that it's a little bit, uh, a little bit underrated, to be honest with you. Um, Overrated is the fact that everybody seems to think that you have to have one right now. Mm. Um, and I don't believe in that. But the movement itself, I mean, I'm a, I have a modest back squat for somebody my size. But still, somebody, that's back, somebody that back squats 500 plus pounds, um, the belt squat I found to be very, very humbling. So I think that um, there's a lot of gains to be made on it. Like where I can squat comfortably, two plates probably for... My lungs would run out before my legs did. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I could squat that all day if my lungs didn't give out, right? I know you're the same way. Two plates on the on the on the belt squat for me was very was very very heavy. <laughs> was you know was was a humbling is a humbling experience. So um, I think there's just a lot. Of, personally, I think there's just a lot of gains that I can make from one. Um, but just just the nature of the fact that you can replicate your competition stance and everything you do on a barbell without it loading up your spine. I would I would say that it's probably a little underrated. I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, what's your next one? Let's see. What is my next one? Uh, this is an interesting one, uh, and I don't I don't really know why I thought about it, but a post meet or show cheat meal is it overrated or underrated? <clears throat> well, let me say this: I I have had plenty of clients do the bodybuilding prep thing. Um, plenty of friends that have done it. I know how much they look forward to that meal. Um, I have done 75 hard and know how much I look forward to that meal after 75 hard was over. I mean, hell, we had a party dedicated <laughs> yeah. to, uh, <laughs> to me and Elizabeth ending 75 hard. You know what I mean? Um, I think that... Uh, Did it meet expectations? Um, honestly, uh, this is just based off my 75 hard experience. Um, no. And, I, and I'll tell you why, because you're, you're during that 75 days, and in you know, bodybuilding prep, it could be longer. Mm -hmm. um, but during that, that 75 weeks, you know, right? Yeah, I mean, during that 75 days, um, your mindset changes so much um, that even though, you know, you're probably at a point that you actually need those calories and they're actually usable, um, the way you feel both physically and mentally afterwards. Just kind of sick. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, you've spent 75 days training your mind to not want those things. And on your and on your 76th day, you kind of crave that list, that <laughs> that structure in your life. And I remember specifically, I he never did get back to me, and that's fine. It's probably because he has a million stupid questions after this. And there are programs to run after 75 Hard to go, the Live Hard program or whatever, um, that you can follow after this. But and my question to him on like it was like day seventy four, and I was like about to have a panic attack about what does day seventy six look like because I'm such a structured person and I like routine so much. I got so addicted to that routine. I was like, 
fearful of what life would look like after. Yeah. So when you do that cheat meal and everything, you kind of feel like in a lot of ways you just undid everything you, everything you've done. And for me, it, you know, cause I'm mental, uh, it kind of did, you know, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? So, um, I'm going to have to say it's overrated. Overrated. Yeah. I, I would tend to agree. Um, I've never, I've not done a bodybuilding show. Um, I've had plenty, I've done three meets. Um, each time I want to say I didn't, didn't go have a post meal, uh, or post meat meal. The first one, uh, cause I was poor as fuck. Yeah, that was a, we discussed that on the podcast. That was a monetary decision. Yeah. Yep. Uh, second one, it was so late. I don't think we had time to have that uh, after. Because that the second one was uh, the bench Knoxville. press. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, we got out of there at like 8, 9 o'clock or something like that. And we were just like, we should home and go to bed. I'm exhausted. We ate in the middle of it. Like, yeah. we are in the middle of flight. So. Yeah. And then this last one, we did Mexican. We did Mexican, and uh, if you remember, it was at a um, religious place that didn't serve <laughs> alcohol, and we would talk. We had all talked about me as a handler and you guys as lifters about how much we wanted a margarita, <laughs> yeah. and we sat on this Mexican restaurant. And they're like, "Well, we don't serve alcohol here." You're like, oh, well. what the fuck? <laughs> but uh, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't anything special. It was just, it, from other than just like eating a meal with friends like it wasn't like anything special it wasn't like this coveted like oh i finally get to eat this meal after my meat and i get to refuel it's just like it's just 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 food right it's i'm you know i might feel differently about it coming out of a bodybuilding prep but um mentally though like i said the place that i was in during 75 hard versus the place that that meal got me out of i feel like it honestly i feel like it kind of derailed a lot of success yeah so Put on a lot of strength and and got a, a lot more healthy during that seventy five days, uh, without alcohol specifically, mm-hmm. but you know on a diet and I still use gear the whole time I was on it. So, um, um, you know I still made plenty of gains in the gym, lost a lot of body fat, looked better, felt better, um, and I kind of feel like it just undid those things. So, yeah. so got me back in bad habits. Fuck a post show slash meat cheat meal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um. So is this my third? Uh, yep. No, is this me now? Yeah, okay. it's your third. Um, back to accessory work. Some people call it an Anderson press. Some people call it a pin press or bench press. Mm. Overrated or underrated? So it kind of falls in the same vein, similar to Spoto press too, right? Like it's all this partial range of motion. And I think there is a reason to have a partial range of motion um in your lifts if you have a specific weakness for hypertrophic gains it's useless in my opinion because deep stretch is the only way you're going to get hypertrophy which is why i get pissed off whenever i see an incline press up here stop at their chin i always get pissed off when i see that because it's like you're not getting a good stretch you're not coming on defeats the purpose of doing an incline yeah Yeah, you might as well just be doing a a shoulder press or a flat bench like there's just no anyway not to go on <laughs> in contrast, but um, I I think it goes into the same vein as pretty much everything else, except for the topic we just went on was it's somewhere in the middle because in in context it, it falls to context because if you if you have a weakness like if your your lockout is your weakest point that's a great movement 
Like yeah. you're you're specifically practicing that movement, same like three board or whatever. Practicing that that lockout movement, great. If you're trying to get hypertrophy, it sucks. If yeah. you, I guess, if you're trying to save some CNS. I don't know. If it's, I don't like, you know, especially if you have a low pin. I don't think it's going to save any CNS. If it's a low pin, probably not. Um, I feel like. I feel like it, it. It's just. It's just somewhere in the middle. I'd probably say overrated in general because yep. I don't. I don't think there's a a solid reason to do to do it except for a specific weakness. Every you, you can't give me any other reason. Well, I'll, I, I, I do have another reason. Um, how, however, I am on your side. Um, one thing I, I do find value at, and they're really, really good, is teaching you to maintain tightness at the bottom of the bench press. Um, because unlike a Spoto where you are consistently loaded, in a pin press, when you touch the pins, if you've never done it before, the natural reaction as soon as it touches the pins is to relax in the bottom mm-hmm. of your bench press. And then it makes it near impossible to move that fucking thing again. Yeah. So I think it's really, really good at teaching tightness in the bottom of the bench press. Outside of that, for strength development in a specific range of motion, um, for hypertrophic reasons, anything like that, there's a million things that do it better. So in a specific range of motion, I much would rather do a board press mm-hmm. or even better still, a spoto. Because with a spoto, you do have to have X amount of control to stop that thing three or four inches off your chest before you press it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, uh, I think largely I'm with you. I think it's overrated. Mm-hmm. Um, that other than that one specific thing, and that's teaching tightness in the bottom position, I, th- I find them to be pretty overrated. Yeah. Well. And, and there's other ways to even get to that point of just teaching tightness and yeah, just, you know, just, just having that constant cue in your head. Yeah. Also, I mean, I, I do this pretty often. Um, uh, Doing it with Joey now, we we pause first and last rep of every set. Mm-hmm. Period. I'm not going to do. Uh, you know, typically, I don't program something that I think somebody's going to fail. So you should be able to do a competition pause, first and last rep of every set. Doesn't matter if it's tens. Doesn't matter if it's threes. Whatever it may be, I want pause reps first mm-hmm. and last one. And that, especially with those uh, those of us who have been lifting a little bit longer, that's perfectly fine in teaching tightness on the bottom of the yeah. express. So I think it's overrated. Yeah. I would agree. So, well, mine was going to be as a, which we, you said 19 nors, but as a whole, steroids. Are they over? I mean, I think that's still, uh, still, still a good topic. Um, I think it depends on need. A couple of things that are better, and I think we've found this, we found this out through our own trial and error is sleep and food is still better than drugs. Yeah. Period. And and trying hard. Like, actually. <laughs> putting forth effort. Putting, putting yeah. forth effort. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but sleep and food is still more anabolic. Still going to do mm-hmm. more for you. Um, still going to do more for your recovery and everything like that. Um, there's a reason why there's natty freaks out there. Yeah, absolutely. I like, guess like yeah. because they do everything else right. They I will say this. Drug tested doesn't mean drug free. We right. talked about it before. No, but yeah, there are, sure. You know, there's plenty of natty freaks out there. And yeah. think about people that are more diligently d- drug tested, like, Players in the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. There's still, There's still plenty of just fucking monsters yeah. uh, out there that are plenty. A kid from Arkansas, and I don't know the NCAA's testing standards, so may or may not be on something. 
offensive lineman in Arkansas just squatted 700 pounds. Shoot. That's pretty uh, – while, you know, he's a big man, that's still pretty fucking good for a football player. Yeah. It's a huge squat for a football player. You never hear of a football player squatting <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Pounds. Like, if you do, most of the time it's a running back. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's a huge fucking squat for a big man. I mean, that's uh, – you know, that's a tall person too. You know, you think he's playing, the, you know, D1 – Offensive line, he's at a minimum six one, but he's mm-hmm. probably all the way up, you know, six six, six seven. Yeah. So it's a long way to carry seven hundred pounds for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's still there's plenty of natty freaks out there, and that's you know it's proof. Um, in the instance of getting stronger in recovery, I mean, they absolutely help, um, but still not as much as food and sleep do. I mean, um, while I use them, um, I do currently use them to make me normal. <laughs> like that's what it requires, <laughs> you know. It's not a performance-enhancing dose. Um, I would say it's hard for me to say this because they've done a lot more good than they have bad for me. Um, but, yeah, I think that they're probably a little overrated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can absolutely follow your logic on all that. Um, I guess I guess my thing is is really just the, the mental benefits that I've gotten specifically from being on TRT. You know, discounting medical reason, discounting anything else. um, TRT, if I, and I hate doing this context thing throughout everything, but if I'm to separate TRT from everything, I would say TRT is underrated. Yeah, Um, and I think I think more men need to get blood work done. I've talked to my father about this before because I feel like his testosterone is low, and I feel like he would feel so much better if he would be on TRT. But obviously, old man ways, they don't want to, you know, yeah. they don't, they either don't want the needle or they don't want to feel emasculated by having to replace their testosterone somehow. And it's like, make the deal. Like, right. it's really not. <laughs> yeah. Like, it makes you, it. If, if it makes you feel better physically, mentally, like, whatever. Uh, I'll say this. I wish I would have gone longer without it. Mm-hmm. I wish that I had more dietary discipline before I started it. Um. And I wish that I had, when I got my sleep study done and started on, on a CPAP machine, I had already started using PEDs. I wish that I had done those things first mm-hmm. um, because I think that I would be further down the road using less, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, if that makes sense. Um, I think, like I said, I think in general it's underrated. Uh, that being said, and this is a very important caveat, and again, this is contextual. We're not talking about baseball players, football players, basketball players. We're talking about the sport of powerlifting and or strongman and definitely bodybuilding. The three main strength sports, right? Mm-hmm. When the rest of the field is using them, you do put yourself at a disadvantage by not using them. And obviously, other than strongman, I've never heard of an untested strongman, but there is untested bodybuilding and, and powerlifting. Um, uh, you're talking about tested. I'm sorry, yeah, tested. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, tested. Uh, but like... I mean, you can... But there's a there's a visual difference between... Uh, tested bodybuilding shows and untested yeah, bodybuilding shows. Yeah, they're, you, you, you know, can, they're most of the time they're lighter weight and they're much thinner. Mm-hmm. They're generally pretty shredded. I'll say that, yeah. but they're visibly less muscle yeah. than absolutely than untested ones. Yeah. So it is. It's it's basically a different sport. Mm-hmm. Not not so much powerlifting. It's almost the same sport. But. It's almost bodybuilding geared bodybuilding versus tested power. Uh, uh, bodybuilding is almost the difference between. Raw and multi pop power. Like it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're doing the same thing, but but are you really? But are you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Like, um, there's so many other caveats and stuff like that. I mean, it's 
it's wildly different. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, and I think that we're just in a sport that you'll either do it and either keep up or outpace the people around you or you not do it and you'll be outpaced. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're going to compete in open, non-tested powerlifting, everybody, if you talk to them, that people will tell you what they're doing. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? I mean, they, just, They'll run their cycle yeah, for you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage, a competitive disadvantage if you're not willing to, you know, at least consider it, even if it's a small dose, something like that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to do it, just compete tested. Yeah. And there's, fine, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm going to repeat this again, though. Test uh, Drug tested does not mean drug free. Yeah. So when you get your ass drug by 500 pounds. Probably from some guy who knows how to cheat a drug test. I mean, all he has to do is pass that day. You know what I yeah. mean? So um, just bear that in mind when you're in a strength sports. It's not. It's not unacceptable to do these things. Mm-hmm. So you got to you got to realize that other people are probably going to be doing them, too. Right. But as a whole, health-wise, everything like that, unless you're using it for a medical reason, I would say that they're probably a little overrated. That, that's where I was going to mm-hmm. land that, too. Yeah. Just just like separating TRT for medical reasons as a whole, steroids are are pretty overrated. And that, and again, coming from two people who use them, like, yeah. like they are... They're, they are not the, they are not what people perceive them to be. They're not a cheat code. They're not. You still have to put in the work. You still like you can you can make you cannot change anything about your lifestyle if you're just going to the gym three times a week, eating like crap, not lifting very well. You will still make gains from steroids. Yep. But it will help you to maintain muscle if you're not doing those things. But they are not going to turn you into Ronnie Coleman. They are no. not going to turn you into Joe Sullivan, <laughs> John not. Hack, yeah, Dan they're Grigsby. They're not going to turn you into somebody like that. You are, you are, if you are the guy that comments on any of these people's posts and say, if I did drugs, I could do it, you are the fool. This is not how steroids and there's plenty. I know plenty of people on drugs that don't touch any of those guys' numbers. Yeah. The majority. The majority of drugs. Of, yeah, the majority yeah. of people who compete. You know, you're talking, okay, you're talking about John Hack at 198. At 181, 198, and 220 is stronger than all the heavyweight bodybuilders on this fucking planet. Yeah. I mean, with, man, <laughs> yeah. those people have mounds more muscle and stuff oh, like yeah. that. I mean, like, listen, if you if you could do it. You would. You would. <laughs> yeah, that's all there is to it. I mean, I know plenty of people that have been pinned out of their fucking gourd. They've been, yeah, they're gym strong, but they're not. They're not fucking Ronnie Coleman. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. But, you know, whatever is all I got to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you think you can do it, fucking do it. Do it then. Do it <laughs> then. That's my favorite response to those people. Do, do it. it then. Do it then. All right. What you got? All right. Um, this is a hot topic. I know where I, I land on this, but it does. I do. I am going to provide some context on this one specifically. Enough for me to eat a cherry? Yeah, absolutely. When I ask you if this is overrated or underrated, I don't want you to compare it to other powerlifting mates. Mm. I want you to compare it to, I want you to think of about it as a sporting event as a whole. Is this as good as going to an Alabama or Auburn home game? Is it like watching the Super Bowl? Is it like the NBA playoffs? Is it uh, like watching the Olympics or whatever sport you may want to watch? Um, soccer for you losers. Um <laughs> For everybody with a sub twelve hundred pound total, <laughs> <laughs> soccer. Um, 
does, where does it stand, overrated or underrated, as a sporting event? Um, and I think it's probably the most entertaining one we have in modern times, probably outside of the Kern. Where does the American pro stand as a sporting event? And now I'll have to say, I know you're not the biggest sports fan, and I might have a bit different answer than you do, but you do kind of have to remove yourself slightly from powerlifting as a whole. Right. So if I am a <clears throat> random Joe on the street and there's TVs on and there's the Super Bowl and then there's the American Pro, I'm probably looking at the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's more common. Like, football is well known. Like, random Joe probably going to be like, hey, what, what are they doing? Yeah. Right? Like, oh, they're lifting weights? Whatever. Is that what bodybuilders do? Like yeah. that, some insulting, yes, yeah, <laughs> like ignorant remark. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, like from from a non powerlifting perspective, it it's, I guess, from in their minds, would be like this is overrated, right? Because it's yeah. like, what is this compared to the Super Bowl, uh, the NBA playoffs? Like, it's nothing. It's, yeah. it's just a bunch of guys lifting weights, but. From as and this, I know you told me to take myself out of it, but from this side, as a powerlifter, it is our Super Bowl, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it is yeah. our NBA playoffs. Yeah. Like this is the best of the best going out and doing what they do in the sport that we love, and we're just like, sure. and you know, there is something out there for like the regular Joe, right? Because while comparing it to the Super Bowl or the NBA playoffs or anything like that may not be. You know, the same, there is something of a spectacle about it, right? Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't just, like, walk up to a person and, like, hey, do you think a, a thousand pounds is impressive? Like, or a thousand pounds is heavy? And they're like, yeah, I, that's crazy. Like, this guy can lift it. Yeah. Like, point at Danny Grisby. Like, <laughs> what? And, like, yeah, just watch this. And yeah. it's like, oh, man, that's insane. Like, yeah. how does he do that? Right. So, like, there is something to it. That is like gravitating for the normal person, but comparing it to huge sports, like huge athletic sports, they're probably going to stay overrated. All right, part, uh, part B of this question is, uh, I'm assuming you've been to sporting events. What about somebody that has done both and been to both sporting, you know, both types of sporting events? Well, like mainstream genres of sport versus right. Yeah. You know. So I think the biggest difference is going to be the scale of it. Because, like, if you go to, like, I've been to Braves games. I've been to Falcons games. You know, Atlanta's the closest to Pro us. Team for us yeah. um, so just the scale of it is so much bigger. And it's so much more like, oh, my God, this is huge and amazing. And it's such a spectacle, right? right. Whereas if you're looking at powerlifting, like the stage, you know, it's going to be a lot smaller. There's going to be a lot fewer people in the crowd, let's be honest. Yeah. It's just not going to it's not going to feel as big. It's not going to feel as important, even yeah. though what they're doing is impressive. Like yeah. it's crazy. But to average Joe, it's just going to be smaller. Yeah, scale. that's fair. I think as somebody that's obviously grown up playing a lot of concerts, going to a lot of concerts and an avid sports fan, been to a lot of games, um, been to several NFL stadiums, been to tons of college stadiums to watch college football. Um, and also, even before I was involved in strength sports, I've always been a fan of World's Strongest Man on TV. Mm -hmm. That's been one of the cooler things that happened on ESPN, like especially like late night and shit. Like, yeah. it was a cool sport. I would have to say that I do still get more excited about going to a football game. Yeah, 
uh, or a concert or something like that, right? But um, but I'll say this: I think Kern, if they're even still doing it anymore, uh, I guess the Pioneer Open kind of probably replaced it a little bit to some extent. Mm-hmm. But um, the American Pro is probably, I think they're doing a lot for powerlifting, and that they have, even if it's not quite the spectacle an Auburn home game is for me, um, even if it's not quite the spectacle that is they have done the best job of anybody about making it one right? and making it feel important. Um, and I think that's really, really important for our sport and everything like that because it does feel like our Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. like as somebody that partakes in all of these things, um, I would find myself probably just as excited to be there as I would be at a lot of, a lot of things. Now, like you said, the gravity of it, like when you're in a, a crowd of 90,000 people wearing orange and blue rooting for the same team like that's a that's you know <laughs> that's an extreme feeling mm-hmm. but like in terms of like how much i would enjoy my day i think that they've done a good job about making it a spectacle and making it um competitive i guess mm-hmm. you know what i mean or those things it's not that yet but i think that uh uh i think that because of where they're taking it and the lifters are better and better every year i would have to say that it's probably a little on the underrated side at the moment really yeah. I think it's a better thing about sports games for value. If you think about going and watching like high school sports, like that's a really good value and that's a great way to spend a Friday night. Um, or if you're going to watch like USFL or XFL, like if you're going to go watch the Birmingham Stallions and the USFL, mm-hmm. I would probably rather be at the American Pro. And it's probably about the same amount of money cost wise to go. We'd have to, tra- we'd have to travel, right. but w- which we, we know I'm not considering that. But in terms of the ticket, it's probably about the same amount of cost. I think I would rather watch the American Pro than I had USFL or CFL or something like that. I think that probably says a lot. Yeah. Because I'm one of those guys, like, when I have cable, I honestly don't see a need in paying for it right now. But when I do, like, it stays on ESPN. Like, mm-hmm. I'm watching football every chance I get a ch- Every time I get a chance to watch football, right. I will watch anybody play. CFL, USFL, XFL, NFL, college, whatever. Um but I think they're doing a good job of, even though it's not mainstream, I do think that they are, whoever puts that show together definitely is pushing the American pro into relevant, uh, relevance, in my opinion. Right. And it is going to be streamed on ESPN. Um, I can't ESPN remember. ESPN Plus, probably. ESPN Plus. It's yeah. gonna, I know it's going to be on one of the ESPN channels. They yeah. are broadcasting it. So they are, like, pushing it out there for people to see, yeah. like, mainstream audiences. So. Uh, we'll we'll I'll be see honest. how the <laughs> to compare it. Um, it really is a great thing to watch on TV. It's a great spectator sport, but the CrossFit Games is a great spectator sport. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think I definitely think the American Pro is on par with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's less variety, mm-hmm. but you also don't have to commit three days to the American Pro, <laughs> right? So, well, it's four to, days. Well, maybe you <laughs> do. But I mean, the but the CrossFit you have you have so many divisions, and then. Also, so many events. Like, it's mm. a lot more like watching Strongman. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, with that, there's, you know, there's uh, something to be appreciated about that. But at the same time, like, you know, I don't necessarily want to tune into the CrossFit games to watch them run their 5K or their triathlon. Right. They've done both before. Like, I'll watch the clean and jerk ladder, like, mm-hmm. see who the strongest is. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's every, every bit of as relevant and every bit of as good as that for sure. And that's saying a lot because there's a lot more people partaking in CrossFit than there is powerlifting. So, yeah. And the only reason why it's four days is because of the amount of people that are competing. It's, it doesn't have anything to do with the longevity of each athlete. So realistically, like if you 
just tuned in for your favorite athlete, you might only be watching one or two days. You might be watching like sure. yeah, day I'm, one untested of men's and then day three of untested women's or whatever, or yeah. whatever, whoever you're rooting for, you may just tune in one or two days. But I, I say all that to say this. I just think that it's, well, I don't think it's on the same level. I do think they're headed in the right direction right. that it's underrated. That, I think that's fair. So mine's a little, a little less broad i get well not really broad but um it's 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 just very specific so heeled squat shoes are they overrated or underrated um boy that's a very very nuanced answer mm-hmm. um i've had i can think of two clients off the top of my head that could not hit competition depth outside of a squat shoe mm-hmm. so very very contextual mm-hmm. uh i think if all things are equal if your mobility is good um you don't have a depth issue. You have pretty good ankle mobility. Um, you can say it's personal preference, but I actually have a very, 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 unless your like mobility requires you being a squat shoe, I have a very heavy preference as a coach for a uh, zero heeled shoe yeah. or you know, a flat shoe. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a better squat. I think while we both me and you, because, you know, because not only because of what Joe just taught you, but because of our past using a lot of juggernaut programming and, you know, we spent years worshiping Chad Wesley Smith. I think that we do condone a knee, a, a knees over toes squat. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we ours were previously more posterior dominant mm-hmm. and drove them back more. Um, I think we both agree that a, knee, a knees over knees over toes is not an unhealthy squat. Yeah. Um, I think that if your mobility, if, if you have fine mobility and everything like that, I do feel like, you can root your feet better and tap into a little bit more power in a flash shoe. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. But, uh, you know, that's a very new one. That's a very, very individual answer. Yeah. There's some people that just simply have a preference for it, and that's fine. But I would say a squat shoe is really only beneficial if you actually need a squat shoe. Right. So, uh, and uh, another uh, things that could be different if you're not a power lifter, um, if you're um, an Olympic lifter, it's just about required because. You go from having to have enough squat mobility for the squat to pass to having to have, you have to be able to drag your butt on the floor in order to catch a heavy, heavy, heavy clean. Um, you're going to need every ounce of mobility you can find. Mm-hmm. That's not the mobility requirements in powerlifting. Right. Um, strong men, I know they, they wear heels a lot when they do stone loads and stuff like that. Um, I'm thinking mostly of that's because a more rigid shoe probably just feels more stable mm-hmm. and a massively front loaded lift that is part deadlift part squat part jefferson curl basically you (laughs) know what i mean like you have a lot of spinal flexion it's all front loaded you got to get it to your lap you got to squat it up and then you got to you know heave that thing up your chest in a rounded back position to an extended position i I see a little bit more practicality there also that added mobility probably helps you get that stone to your lap a little bit better Mm -hmm. i'd imagine um but as a power lifter i would say that they're vastly overrated overrated so for me, I would say I, I had for a long time just like discounted them because I never had any issue, quote unquote, never had any issues with my squat. So yeah. I was like, I don't I don't need them. Flat shoes. I get plenty of power out, output and everything. I'm still searching for what's best for me, but I did invest in some tier squat shoes 
And while I would say I felt weird in them at first, I do feel more comfortable in them now. I don't know that I could go back to a flat shoe after using them. And if I did, it would take some time to get used to them. There are several instances in which that you would want to have a healed shoe. And like you said, depth being the primary one. But if you're just going for hypertrophy and you want to hit your quads more than anything else, sure. an elevated heel is going to activate your quads further. So from a hypertrophy, trophic standpoint if you just want to develop your quads more nothing wrong with a heeled shoe even if it's just with leg press hack squat if you are doing barbell squats for whatever reason you want to do a they're great in front squat. squat front yeah. squats yeah. yeah they do help me maintain a more upright position when i front squat right so, so i i think there is value in them i think that there is plenty of reason to use them i wouldn't say that everyone should own a pair like, I don't think that there's a reason for every individual to own them, but I do think that they are useful enough. So it's context again. It's yeah. context. Yeah. Like right. they, they are good for what they are good for. And if you don't need them, they're not important. Yeah. So I'm somewhere in the middle leaning probably towards overrated. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to say they're underrated because lots of people use squat shoes. Yeah. Like, especially people who are like, very new and they're like oh those are called squat shoes so i need to wear them when i squat oh okay yeah there's definitely that demographic yeah like have to have every new piece of gear then mm -hmm. yeah uh, I, uh you know maybe it's personal it may be personal preference but i just feel like i like i said uh i root my feet so much better and i just from training people the only time i've seen seen them be a necessity is when depth is an issue yeah. so I, I would say just for me personally, I feel like just because I'm getting that extra quad power, it's it's helpful for me because my posterior chain has developed so much from a vertical shin squat for so long that I think that having that elevated heel and getting that extra power from my quads is going to make me more explosive, which I experienced this Saturday and I will find out either tomorrow or Tuesday, depending on when Joe gets my program done. Fair. Uh, Have you asked Joe about his preference in them just to, just to fucking see what he has to say? Shoes, no. I know he wears them every time he squats and during his uh He does squats. wear a healed squat, yes. a healed shoe? He wears the same shoes I do, the squat university he's not tiers. Five fingers when he's not when he's squatting. squatting. <laughs> no, he's in five fingers when he's uh, yeah. uh, deadlifting and I think bench pressing as well. But any other movement, he's in his five fingers. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, just slightly overrated in my opinion. I yeah. just don't think everybody needs them. Yeah. I, th I think they're a little bit, not gimmicky, but... They're a little bit uh, selling them as a squat shoe is yeah, kind of gimmicky. It is because then of, you think you know, squats. I need them to squat yeah, in absolutely, but you might not. Um, all of my PRs I've hit the flat shoe. <laughs> you know, probably save maybe some from front squat PRs and mm -hmm. stuff maybe, but we are not doing a whole lot of that anymore. Mm -hmm. So it is what it is. Um, does that put it on me? Yeah. What you got? All right, we just drank some. This is a this is a fun one. Uh, we talked about it being an old man whiskey and how everybody that's old seems like they they drink it and it's. Very, very well reviewed. It's not a top shelf, shelf whiskey. Um, although it's probably, for a mid-tier whiskey, it's a little bit more on the expensive side. Um, it's a true bourbon. But Woodford Reserve, has it been, I feel like every dad on the planet drinks Woodford for some <laughs> reason. And I, I made the joke last, last time we podcasted that we should be drinking Woodford because we're old and we mm -hmm. should try this. Um, so now that we've had several drinks with the Woodford is it overrated or underrated? Well, let me ask you this. What is the consensus like from the general population? 
Uh, I feel like, you know, an, an older demographic definitely has a preference for, seem to have a preference for Woodford for some reason. Yeah. Um, so popular with old people, what, what do young people think? I don't know that there's a lot of people, even our age, and then getting younger that are like super avid, avid whiskey drinkers anymore, just because mm. I think the the white general claws. public's kind of fucking pussies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're drinking Bud Light and White Claws most of the time. Hey, Bud uh, Light's canceled, Bud. We don't drink Bud Light well, anymore. <laughs> it's canceled. It should have been canceled before that shit went down, though. That shit sucks. Even as a beer drinker, that shit sucks. Um, so, I mean, I, I, it's hard to rely on the general population for, for things like this. I'll be honest with you. As somebody that drinks a lot of whiskey, um, and I don't have expensive taste, my, my favorite whiskey is Basil Hayden's, mm. um, which is an upper mid-shelf whiskey, too, kind of like Woodford is. Woodford's a direct competitor mm. to it. Uh, I would have to say that I think it's overrated. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... Um, I don't know why stronger flavored whiskeys, even though it's not the alcohol content's not much different, I don't know why stronger flavored whiskeys seem to get more weight just because they're stronger or they taste stronger. Mm -hmm. But, like, I want to taste the things in the whiskey, and I think Woodford is just a little bit too hot on the front end. Yeah. For something that I like. It's fine in an old fashioned. By mm. itself, it was just a little bit like Yeah. Like it's very it's very hot, very, very woody. It doesn't taste complex to me, if that yeah. makes sense. It just I, tastes like fire and fucking oak. Yeah. Basically, you know what I mean? Like I, I I would probably agree that it's it's overrated because it's like I for me personally, and I'm just I'm just super basic. I like a Coke and whiskey as my like if I'm just like, I don't know what I want to drink in a night, I'm just going to mix up a little Coke and whiskey. And my favorite thing is Jim Beam Vanilla with a Coke Zero. Like, just super simple. Yeah, I do like, think it's too hot for an and drink. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't, well, you could probably, you, you, you taste it through the Coke, which there may be some value in that, right? Yeah. Like, you can, you can really get the flavors of both at the same time because it's cutting through the Coke, but. I don't know. Like, I mean, what? How much did it cost? What was the price of it? I don't even know. Um, around here, fifty or sixty bucks a bottle. I see. I wouldn't want to pay fifty or sixty for bucks a fifth, for it. You know, for seven fifty. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit. It's a little pricey for the taste of it. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think it's my favorite in a mixed drink. You yeah, know what I mean, I definitely don't. And we're mostly doing old fashions and mm -hmm. shit. Like, I just, like I said, I feel like it's. What's crazy is it's not a super super. Alcohol content's not super super high, but it tastes like like Turkey One Hundred One or something. I almost feel like Turkey One Hundred One has more nuances in it than it does, <laughs> and that's bad because that's just a cheap strong whiskey, mm -hmm. right? So like I think it's I think it's overrated. I think I would rather have Wild Turkey One Hundred One than I had. I've only had it one time, so I can't really say. And it was when you you made the Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't know what you called it. Thanksgiving something. Oh the. Uh... Yeah, I make the uh, the punch with the uh, yeah Thanksgiving punch. The, That's uh, what it the was. The cranberry, a cranberry juice, and apple juice, and mulling spice, and uh, and wild turkey, yep. and uh, you could light fire to that, and that shit's pretty good. Yeah, I, I but, mean, it, I could drink it, so like, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't bad. That's definitely a contextual thing too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Woodford's overrated. Yeah, I'd agree. You got another one? I got one last one, and uh, it's a little bit of a joke, but calves. They overrated or underrated? I'm gonna have a surprising answer for this. Like training calves specifically, right? Training calves, big calves, just like 
are, are they pretty? I don't think having big calves is underrated. I think it's fucking cool. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, I don't have them. Uh, I do have a lot of definition in my calves, but I just don't have very big calves. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm blessed with big thighs, not big calves, and I think that's a cruel joke uh, <laughs> to, to some extent. Um, uh, in terms of aesthetics, I think they're probably appropriately related. I'm, uh, uh, appropriately rated. Uh, I think ne- neither under or over. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of training them, I think they're underrated in terms of training them, even as powerlifters. And I'll tell you this, because we're in a federation that we don't come exclusively out of a monolift, uh, when you take that first step back out of the rack and your weight shifts, mm-hmm. what muscle is all that weight on? Yeah. I do think that there's value, not in the squat itself, but in stability and confidence in a walkout. Mm-hmm. I think it's underrated. I think that's fair. And I know that's 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 hyper-specific part of the squat, but if you are USPA, most WRPF meets, I know some of them come out of a mono. If you're not coming out of a mono, I think that they're pretty underrated for a powerlifter, to be yeah. honest with you. I think that um, just like having big calves as the meme is very overrated. Like like the, haha, you have small calves thing. Yeah. It's very overrated. But like, actually like training them for a purpose, like if you're a runner, obviously you're gonna have big calves. Um, train, training them for a purpose is absolutely underrated. Yeah. Uh, because there are plenty of reasons why you should train calves. Your bodybuilder, obviously, like if you have small calves, you're gonna get laughed out of the building, right? Yeah. You're like, who's this guy coming in here with these small calves? This is the first thing they're gonna notice. Right. They're not gonna see how jacked your chest and your ripped abs and your big glass. No, they're gonna see your tiny calves. Right. They're gonna yeah. like, get out of here. <laughs> like you place like 10th out of 11. <laughs> yeah. only, only other guy had smaller calves than you. So that's why he lost, but no, but like, as, as a joke, it's overrated. Training them for a purpose, it's underrated. Um, so somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, really do, I really do believe that they can. Man, I know we've seen people have shaky as shit walkouts and then smoke a squat. Mm-hmm. But I'm just telling you, as a lifter, if my walkout's shaky, my mind's instantly like, what the fuck is yeah. happening? Right? Like, like, this shouldn't be. Hard. I want to have strong enough calves that when I take that first step back, and I'll be honest with you, just thinking about it now, it may just depend on the day whether I step back on the right or step back on the left first. Yeah. Um, I can't really tell you what I do more often. I'd imagine since I'm right-handed, it's probably my right. But I want a strong walkout. And calves do a lot for the stability in your knee and stuff like that and in your ankle. And when you're shifting weight from one leg to two legs like you have to in a walkout, I think that they're pretty fucking valuable. Yeah. Um. Just just from now, a confidence. Just standpoint. walking out heavy squats is gonna train train that and I mm-hmm. understand that. But like should you be doing them, you know, eight weeks out? Probably not. But like, yeah, I think you should absolutely be doing calves in your off season. hundred percent. Um, I will say the thing the single thing that's made my calves grow more than anything hasn't been training them with weights though. It was seventy five hard and walking more, mm-hmm. but more so I went up a knee sleeve size because my calves got bigger yep. just walking more. So um yeah, I think it's a little bit underrated for powerlifter, to be honest. So, sounds good to me. I guess that's uh, that's Is that all. A surprising our... answer. I mean, no, because I know you like talking about calves. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of was like putting it on there as a meme, but I was thinking about it now, like, no, nah, that your answer is very like, um, 
parallel to your personality because you talk about like your cal- like when you post stuff if you see your calves you're like either talking shit about your calves or like hey they look a little shredded like, <laughs> yeah, it's one yeah. of the two right like, yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean i have small calves so when i when i feel like they look big i feel like it needs to be pointed out now calf check real quick you know just everybody's gotta... checking their calves <laughs> i think my left's a little bit bigger than my right <laughs> <laughs> now, now we've got if anybody's driving listening to this they're like oh shit and they'll like, <laughs> swerve off the road and like oh we just killed somebody we killed one of our listeners with this good Go, job going me. from three to two just like, that. <laughs> you know, I, just like i think we averaged it was like 10 or 15 so not bad 10 that's or still 15. a pretty pretty large that's still 10 percent of our listeners <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? Oops. It is what it is. Oops. Right, Sorry, whoever it was. You got dad jokes because I do not. Um, Maybe. I might have at least one. If I can pull up Instagram. If my brain would work correctly. <clears throat> Let's see what I saved. Dad says jokes. The best dad jokes. Oh, I didn't. Well, that's unfortunate. But we can always just search the page and we'll just riff off of them because that's what we do anyway. Is that where you're at? Oh, yeah. That's where I'm headed <laughs> anyway. Uh, what, do you make, what do you get when you mix a penis, a potato, and a boat? What do you get? A dictatorship. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> um, nothing starts with an N and ends with a G. It does. <laughs> uh, my Jewish cousin started a, a coffee shop and he gave it a unique name. Hebrews Coffee. <laughs> That's pretty good. When my wife caught me standing on the bathroom scale sucking in my stomach, she laughed and said, That's not going to help. And I said, Sure, it does. It's the only way I can see the numbers. <laughs> Oh, man. My boss asked me why I only got sick on work days. That it must be because of my weekend immune system. (laughs) Uh, What do you call the sexuality where you're attracted to men and women, but neither are attracted to you? I don't know. By yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm too far down now. <clears throat> like I said that one before. Uh oh. My wife asked me if I could stop singing Wonderwall. I said maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh I'm getting to where you are, so I think I've I've dried up the well. Yeah. A little bit of, we need to be better prepared for that. We might have to have a different source. Well, normally I'll go through and I'll save them throughout the week, and I guess I just didn't this week, or he didn't post as much, so I just missed out. There's, I, there, I will get them like occasionally from random other places, and I'll save them. I just didn't have any saved this week, so that's what it is. That's the show, guys. We had to do a short one, but it ended up not being so short. I was about to say I don't think it was that short. <laughs> Y'all be good.